and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 112 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AAW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. So funny, Jeff. I don't know what is so funny, Paul. Why don't you? Tell I don't me what's know. So funny? I don't know. You're the one. You're the one breaking during the intro, Jeff. <laughs> I thought you were a professional. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm starting this over. You, no, of... keep it. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> Are we leaving this in now? He's your host, Jeffrey Wessel. Joining him tonight is Paul Sebastian. That's me. Jeff, how are you? How am I? I'm great. I'm I'm a year older now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm a year happy, older. Happy, so let's 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 get these some pleasantries out of the way. Happy birthday, Jeff. Oh, thank you, Paul. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, it was uh, great to uh, I took a day off of work. I uh, was supposed to have a uh, comic book published today, but because of the global supply chain problems that did not happen but thank you brandon well brandon's america jeff can't even get his comic books out but uh so, i did uh, but i do have a new piece out on fan fight right now hey folks if you really uh respect jeff and want to give him a nice gift for his birthday you'll go click on his article and then you'll read it and then you'll engage with it on social media and give it impressions and things of this nature of course, it's now immediately out of date because of tonight's show. But you know, regardless. But I, you know what? I, I said that even beforehand. I don't know how it's going to go. So before, right? And it's you know, it's a bit of a retrospective piece, and I think you know, it's a good primer on like what Suzuki's been up to in the states leading up to this match, which I still think is pertinent information, uh, regardless of tonight's result. Oh yeah, it, it totally is. So yeah, yeah. Tonight's match was not the point of that article. So. Exactly. So, folks, go read Jeff's shit. Go, go read my shit. Uh, Fanbyte.com. It. It'll be right there waiting for you. Um, you know what? I've gotten out of the habit of asking if you've watched uh, Rampage or Dynamite or uh, Dynamite <laughs> or uh, Dark or Dark Elevation. Uh, did you see Rampage on Friday? I did watch Rampage. Yeah, because, I mean, I still I don't do the Rampage show on Wrestling Brain anymore, but I still watching Rampage every Friday. I think Rampage is a, as good a show as Dynamite and sometimes better. So, yeah, I'm watching that every Friday. Yeah, we, we may have. Well, I, I, I think we're going to have to maybe possibly rename that the Yuta scale now after that. Match. <laughs> Hell of a match. I know the, the takes and the talks are already out there. Uh, but yeah, it was it was spectacular. Yuta in the Blackpool Combat Club. We see him tonight. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Yuta. As yes, we, we get into this episode of Dynamite, but yeah, folks, if you have not yet seen that match, which I assume if you're watching Dynamite Weekly, you've seen this one too. If you haven't, you got to seek it out, man. It's one of AEW's best of the year. Oh yeah, that 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 was a fantastic. Mox is on a tear, man. Mox is on a tear. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think we are ready to go here. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying here. If if there are like some weird silences and uh, you listener feel like Jeff is trying to fill, it's because like I'm off uh, mic and just like coughing a bunch. Uh, I do not have any type of novel coronaviruses or anything of this nature. I just decided to celebrate Jeff's birthday by getting like really stoned uh, <laughs> before and during dynamite. So I'm a little... Just a little, a little, a little harsh here. Uh, I, I, I'm know. glad we are very open about our intoxication because I've been drinking since like 5:30 this afternoon. Hey, so. birthday! It's your birthday. <laughs> hey, I tried to get Jeff to use uh, "Birthday Song" by Two Chains as our opening music, but uh, he told me he did not, so you didn't hear that. So I guess no. you're just gonna have to hear my rendition of it, and you can blame Jeff for that as well, listener, because if he would have put the song at the top of the podcast like I asked him to, I wouldn't have to sing it myself. Yeah, I probably would have gotten murdered. Though is the thing. So. <laughs> well, so now you're gonna have to hear me do "Birthday Song." I guess so. 
Let's go live to the Lakefront Arena in NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana. For uh, I thought we were going to go live to the uh, Bad Bitch Contest where oh. you are in first place. <laughs> Damn. Birthday. Uh, it's yeah. your birthday. Okay, keep going. <laughs> for this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, where we go right in to our first match of the evening, CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro. And immediately I realized... Tony Khan has booked this show specifically for me today. It's your birthday. We've we've talked about how Tony Khan is your personal friend and how uh, you guys exchange business cards or whatever oh, yeah. before. We so fair, very famously, and I think TK was probably you know sitting in his office in gorilla position with his um, you know cocaine that's so good you don't even need to test it for fentanyl, and uh, he was like, you know what, I have an idea. I'm going to take care of this guy. I, I remember him. I'm going to. It's his birthday. That's what that's my head cannon. I'm gonna go with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh Speaking yeah. Of intoxication, this show in New Orleans, Louisiana, and you could tell because this crowd was lit. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, it and, was. And I expected them to be, and it was one of the things I was really looking forward to. Um I've been to some uh to a show at the UNO Lakefront Arena before. You ever been down there, Jeff? Never. It is a cool venue. Uh, they were talking about they've had ECW there before. Um, I attended that venue for Supercard of Honor 2018. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was uh, featuring Cody versus Kenny. Yep. Um, a match that stood out to me, actually, uh, Ishii and Punishment Martinez had a really good little yeah, match. Yeah, I remember there. they had a good match that one, too. Uh, I remember what I was doing during that show, though, because that was during, oh, yeah? that was during C2E2 2018. Ah, that and was during C2. So I was actually in my hotel room because I still live in Indy. So I had a hotel room. I was in my hotel. I was in my hotel room uh, watching the opening day of Champion Carnival and watching Shingo Takagi, who is now an <laughs> who is now an AEW commentator for NJPW World. Yeah, and I heard I've heard he's been quite good. Uh, seems like the reviews uh, pretty positive coming in for uh, Shingo doing uh, the AEW Japanese call. Yeah, uh, so I I, so I watched Shingo Takagi beat uh, Kento Miyahara in the opening round of... Uh, that was a, and, and a Shingo, big-ass weekend for wrestling, man. And, 2018 in New Orleans and, like, everything that went around that was, like, uh, like a big pivotal turning point for, like... It was indie wrestling, like the, the yeah. landscape of wrestling. In general. Yeah, it was wild because there was a there were a few uh, other comic creators who were I I I at the con and they were in their hotel rooms. I think they were mostly watching either Ring of Honor or or NXT was going on at that. Yeah, time NXT too. was going on simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. which Meanwhile, also was watching, a good show. And I'm watching All Japan Champion Carnival. <laughs> hey, you know, there's something for everybody. We talk about that on this show, man. There's something for everybody out there in wrestling. This uh, episode of Dynamite. Uh, definitely tried to run uh, a few different sort of styles and scales and types of professional wrestling entertainment. Uh, some successes and uh, some not Jeff. Oh, <laughs> I'm really excited yeah, to we'll, talk about yes, it. Yes, we, we will discuss, but uh, uh, this was definitely one of the successes. I loved the fry and Takeyama uh, drop that Excalibur made on this uh, uh, during the opening exchange of this show. Excuse me. Yep. Yep. Um. So wait, did we? Did you already say that this match started? Are we reviewing this now? Yes, are we, we talking are. About the yes, we are. Re we, yes, we are reviewing the. <laughs> Paul's not here, man. <laughs> oh boy! I like that. I can this tell is, this is strong jokes. This is gonna be a you, the gen, my Gen X like podcast co-host. Like, I, it's like the one reference I know that I'll still play. <laughs> all the time with you it's very good my dude uh, my dude let me tell you sometime about listening to some cheech and shong records when i was younger you know <laughs> dude my dad has already given me the story i i found my dad's cheech and shong records at my grandma's house some years back uh <laughs> did, did, and my did, dad told me about how they would come with they'd have rolling papers oh like yeah i was gonna say did, yeah i was say did he did he use the rolling paper that came with big Bang oh no Boo? the papers he told me the papers had been gone since about a week after he bought the album oh so yeah. <laughs> those, oh, yeah. those, those were not saved for memorabilia purposes yeah, those I, were I, yeah I always got those from the library and yeah of course they didn't have the rolling papers <laughs> <laughs> oh damn for public use man you got to take one and put that sleeve back it's public property what the hell <laughs> fucking share uh, man. anyway I love this match I thought this was a really really fun opener um, oh yeah uh, you know what it felt like I, I was I was gonna say this about some of the show at large but then the tone of this show changed quickly a couple of times 
but this match felt like a really good house show match. And I mean that in like the nicest, like the best way I can say that. Like you ever just go to a house show and you get like a match between two guys you really like that you didn't really expect was going to like either be there or like be that good. And it just fucking kind of blows you away. This was, was that for me, like felt like one of those matches that like, uh, yeah, that if almost felt like it wasn't on TV and you were seeing something that you weren't supposed to see. You know, I, once again, I, I I'm going to say that the reason why I always thought that Penta gave Kenny Omega one of his best matches is because Penta shows absolutely no respect to you in the ring. At least, you know, in, in character, he shows no if respect you, uh, to you in the way. That's in absolutely the true. And he did the same thing to Punk today. He did not give a fuck. And that is what makes like great foils for CM Punk. You saw that happen with MJF, right? Like MJF's disrespect for CM Punk drove their narrative. And yeah, it's just much more interesting when somebody isn't afraid of the legend that is CM Punk. It's cool to see guys be like, oh, well, he's like a legend or he's like one of the greatest. And I'm really excited to like mix it up with a guy who was one of my heroes or whatever. Penta's like, no, I'm like a fucking spooky guy with uh, like a vampire goblin dude as my assistant. And uh, I'm going to break your arms off, buddy. That's right. <laughs> And I he almost did. I'll tell you this. I, I love oh, CM I Punk. You guys I know. I fucking popped when he nearly did the arm break. I, I was going to say, dude, I've never wanted to see CM Punk get injured so bad. And I like nothing against the guy. Nothing against you, CM Punk. But I wanted to see his arms get ripped out of the goddamn sockets. Yeah, I, I, you know, here I am hoping that, uh, you know, Pendo will at least bust out uh, the, uh, the fear factor, you know, that uh, half Nelson driver. Because, of course, that's also Shingo's made in Japan. And then Shingo could have said something about, you know, him using that move. I was hoping they were going to pull out the Fear Factory version of Cars. Oh. Wow. And, uh, there's a Gary Newman reference of the day. Wow. Oh, Check God. it off, baby. Wow. Okay. All right. My you, goal is to one day, if me. we ever get enough listeners that want to make a drinking game out of this, I have to start hitting enough beats that we can have the, uh, <laughs> so, the so Gary Newman's got to be in there. The, yeah, the yeah. boom goes a dynamite drinking game. Yeah. yeah so Paul, I feel like I mean, Paul is high. Definitely one of the beats. <laughs> Paul is high. Gary Newman, Alan Moore. Moore. Uh, yeah. No, Lucha well, Underground. Uh, Lucha, oh yeah, absolutely. Lucha Underground. Uh, day, shouting out days of thunder. Uh, definitely has to be one in there. Uh, Chris Domaseno showing shouting out Chris uh, mentions of Chris Domaseno in general. I would say like a Chris <laughs> yeah, Domaseno mention. Uh, anyway, CM Punk does get the win over Penta Oscuro. You know, I, I I'm not sur- I was not surprised by that result because no, I mean they're, they're pushing for yeah you know, they're, they're trying to push towards Punk for probably double or nothing against uh against Page, but. Uh, yeah, that was uh, no. It was a really, really no. Good it was match. a it was a good diversion, a good match that had virtually no build besides CM Punk being like, "I want to wrestle next week." Hey, and he tagged a bunch of dudes, and then we were like, "Here's the dude," and it's fucking Penta. Uh, awesome to see Penta get these type of big matches in. Would love to see more victories from uh, Penta, but he's a spooky man. He doesn't have to win. He can just keep being spooky. He's still, you know, he's still one of the most marketable guys in the entire. And company. it's like no. And here's the other thing: no one's going to care about any of his singles losses when he's teamed back up with Phoenix anyway. Whatever. Yeah, which is kind of sad, honestly. But you know, it's fine. It's wrestling. Yeah, Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, like, it whatever. is. Wrestling. We'll just we'll just move on from it and enjoy the other stuff. It's, yeah. it's fine. On that note, don't get bogged down in the details. On that note. Is it wrestling or is it sports entertainment? Because we have the Jericho Appreciation oh, Society. Oh, baby, it's sports entertainment. We I have, love to get sports entertained. We have the Jericho Appreciation Society stepping off of a plane. And then, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston, uh, Santana Ortiz heckling them from a car and then driving off with somebody's shoes. This was super fun. As a Detroit native, I do, of course, respect the shoe-taking move. Um, one <laughs> element I'd say missing uh, from this, I would have loved if they would have dusted that plane with paintballs. I feel like a paintball drive-by Ooh. on the private jet would look, be like, the, I'm sure there's probably reasons why they couldn't do that. Like shooting paintballs on a tarmac is probably wildly illegal. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what probably. kind of permits you need to shoot the uh, paintballs at a jet, but it would have been fun. Is all I'm saying. Uh, with that, we go straight into our second match of the evening. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Um, I, I bet you have some thoughts about this one. Uh, kind of. It was a wrestling match. I, I It over-delivered. No, I'm, not, I'm joking. It really it, it over-delivered in a match where I think people expected it to be like 
an okay match that Red Dragon takes the titles off of uh, a, I guess what people have been calling an underwhelming Jurassic Express. I've called it a bit underwhelming, like their title run uh, as of late. But no, I mean, the match was really good. It was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I was, I too was surprised by the result because I, I got it in my head. It's like, oh yeah, Red Dragon. So I'd say people, time. I'll say this. I wasn't surprised by the result. I think last week, if we, I think we predicted it. I said I expect, I didn't expect uh, Jurassic Express to drop the belts because I didn't think there'd be two title changes on this show. And we'll get to that later too. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it was going to take. It would have been two major title changes on a free TV event. And I just didn't think that was going to happen in the first place. Um, this is where people expected it to happen. And I get why. Uh, because I, I, and that reason being is that I think people just don't want to see Jurassic Express be champions anymore. I think it's just kind of run its course. Uh, <coughs> Jungle Boy looked really good. Luchasaurus can still execute, but God damn, is he slow? He has slowed down. I mean, and he's also had like, a run of injuries. In, yeah, in and that's AEW fine. And, and respect too. to Luchasaurus, but like he's slow, I think, is underselling it. That guy moves like he is encased in amber. He looks like he is just inside of John Hammond's cane. That guy, his D, like he looks like the strand of DNA that's uh, encased in, in, in amber that's going to create the dinosaur that he becomes 65 million years later. This guy is slow, <laughs> is what I'm saying to you. Wow, he he just create creates his own self, doesn't he? He, he he's his own grandfather paradox, I guess. There, I mean, there's some paradoxical stuff happening when you're a human dinosaur hybrid of some sort. Yeah, we we've heard so it's so all we've heard from bad wrestling websites. Um, anyway, Jurassic Express do retain over Red Dragon. Uh, somewhat. I mean, again, I thought that. Uh, oh boy. Okay. Well, Paul had to run away for a second. So, uh, when we come back, uh, FTR suddenly show up and uh, they get into it with Red Dragon. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. FTR ain't gonna take that shit from Red Dragon at this point. Sold FTR on an incredible run. They're right back at the top where everyone expects them to be. Um, Red Dragon, while not one of my favorite or a team I'm super interested in all the time, I love watching them wrestle bell to bell. I love their really high volume of team offense, and that's going to make a really good match with FTR. So sign me up. We then go to a recap of the what we're now calling the Yuta scale match from uh, from AEW Rampage, John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta. And then we go right into a backstage promo with the Blackpool Combat Club, of which Wheeler Yuta is now a fully vested member, which that's going to be interesting on Saturday because uh, he and Rocky Romero are still teaming up, and allegedly Wheeler is still a member of Chaos, so... Which, yeah, you know. he, he did address that sort of. Um, he did tweet earlier. I think it was earlier today or yesterday. He tweeted that Okada told him that he was about a month and a half behind on AEW programming right now, and uh, asked that nobody tell him. So, uh, <laughs> so don't tell Okada, please. Well, you know, luckily for Okada, it's now on uh, NJPW World in Japan with commentary by Shingo Takagi. <laughs> All right. I hope I really oh, I, Shing- I, I, I Shingo, really, please don't tell Ogata. Yeah, I really hope uh, Shingo gets to keep that gig, especially with uh something we we're we're going to be discussing here shortly. Uh anyway, yeah, uh Blackpool Combat Club versus the Ass Boys on I think Rampage. Love that. I love super serious violent guys versus like comedy guys. I think that's a really fun dynamic. Um at some point, yeah, Yuta, yeah, yeah, like that, I want uh, Yuta and Billy Gunn interacting specifically is something that really interests me. So yeah, and also Austin and Mox. I think there's there's a lot there's a lot that could uh, we we could do here. Of course, we we've also seen you know really violent guys against comedy guys backfire spectacularly too. But, but here's yeah. the thing about spectacular backfires, and this is again I'm going to tease some more out and later in this podcast. At least spectacular backfires can be interesting or give you something fun to talk about and things like that. You at least get that potential. Um, well, the one I'm thinking of, maybe not interesting is not the word for it. <laughs> which backfire specifically are you? Uh, that would be the mass transit incident. 
Oh man, okay. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's a little bit <laughs> that, different. Uh, that, than, that, like, that's a spectacular backfire. <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's like a little bit different than like uh like just like a planned storyline thing not affecting the crowd in the way you want it. To. Right. Oh, okay, fair. You know, fair. Which we're definitely going to die about today. Uh we then get uh a backstage uh segment with Jamie Hader and Tony Storm where Tony Storm doesn't really say anything, but uh you know that's that's fine. Uh, this was good. I think they have a good sort of dynamic as foes, right? Like Jamie's doing most of the talking. She's got a lot to say. She's angry. Tony's confident. And I, you know, anyone that like uh, stares somebody down while they're talking all that shit and just has nothing to give them but a smile. I like that. I like that as a as a rival to like Jamie's energy and their sort of opposite energies are, are really uh, fun. I'm being very respectful about all of my thoughts about this uh, this pairing. And we'll continue to do so. Indeed, because we are a respectful podcast. I am I am the most respectful. I'm so respectful that if Jamie Hader or Tony Storm hears this and wants to talk about how respectful I am, my DMs are open. I will talk about how respectful um, and, and nice I am. And you are and just whatever else you kind of want to talk about. Our third match of the evening, uh, MJF versus the captain, Sean Dean. Uh, we start right off with a uh, the jacket stuck ruse, and uh, that doesn't last very long. And then we go pretty much immediately to a backstage cut where uh, security guys have been beat up, and one of them is missing their shirt. Gosh, I, I wonder what that could dead. mean. I, I they're they're looking. Mean. Those men looked deceased. Those men looked like they had a crossover from this mortal coil to a different plane of existence. Have you ever listened to this mortal coil? No. Oh, it's pretty good. I have not. It's like a lot of the four AD artists will, will get involved in, in, in this mortal coil, you know? So you have like uh, guest spots from like, you know, Liz Frazier from the Cocteau twins and, and, and all that. It was, uh, it's oh, good fancy. stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, in the meantime, uh, MJF basically just tried... high enough to actually take that re- uh, that recommendation this time. So. Oh, good. <laughs> I think you caught me at the right moment to to tell me something that sounds like Cocteau Twins, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you know Liz Fraser oh, has a new song out? I was shocked to see this. Uh, I, I was alerted to this. Liz, you Fraser... can tell me the Cocteau Twins came out anywhere between 1920 and 1995 or and 2007, and I would probably believe you. Well, they did, but probably more closer to the 2007. <laughs> See, again, I, I couldn't tell you. And uh, I would believe whatever you told me. Just just listen to some really ethereal Scottish music, and, and that, that's the Cocteau Twins right there. Uh, anyway, uh, MJF is beating the shit out of Sean Dean, and then uh, suddenly uh, Wardlow shows up as a security guy. Hey, there! This was this particular shot and scene was so well done by everybody, from production oh, yes. to camera to MJF to Wardlow to the fans standing around. All of this went over so perfectly. Awesome shot, MJF! Probably the best actor on the roster, right? I mean, like, as I'd say actor, he's up. There. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'd yes. say he's probably the best actor on the roster, uh, which really makes this whole thing big. Wardlow is just reveling in this role. He's so comfortable in it, which is, I think, probably the biggest surprise, right? I think a lot of people just saw, like, a lot of us saw him as a guy that, you know, is pretty limited to his role as, like, mean, snarling ass kicker. Uh, But he is a lot more than that, and he's showing that. It's uh, MJF bringing that out in him. This program is great. I think it's going off. Every bit as good as we expected it to be. Uh, so a shit ton of security guys come out to try to prevent Wardlow uh, from from reaching MJF. And uh, the upshot of this is that this leads to a count out for MJF, which I, hey, legit- the which, captain. I which I legitimately laughed at. I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I another loved it. dub for the captain. Let's go. The it's- head of uh, hiring extras. Also the head of getting wins over MJF. <laughs> He's yeah, beat no, MJF no. twice. He's got three wins over the pinnacle. The captain, Sean Dean, Damn. having a big year. Yeah, big no, campaign. It's, it's, it's great. No, I, I love it. I, I, I laughed out loud. It, it, it is funny, and it leaves these opportunities in for guys like Sean Dean to do other stuff. Um, yeah, and, you know, what it takes for a guy like MJF to, you know, 
take these sort of losses in these roles and stuff. Like he really, he's so valuable to the roster as a whole. You know, you think about what, you know, MJF brings for MJF, the character and MJF storylines, but look at how, you know, the residual effect of, of his character on all these other characters around him uh, with guys like Sean Dean, guys like Sean Spears, who, what else, what would he be doing right now? If he weren't MJF's chairman, the uh, way, I mean, all. <laughs> I, I mean, Wardlow's a star either way, but the way he's elevated Wardlow to this point has been fantastic. Yeah, no, no, this was and the way that MJF elevates other people while he's still on the upswing of his career. Like he's on his way up and he's still out here doing this spectacular. Yeah, no, I, 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 I did actually really enjoy this segment. And I, I did not expect to, but I really enjoyed this. It segment. was very good. It was it, very I really good. enjoyed this. Uh, we then go to another Darby Allen black and white video vignette where he's skateboarding on the street of somewhere and uh, probably somewhere in the Pacific Northwest I and say. and challenges Andrade El Idolo to a coffin match. We love coffin matches. Sign me up. All right. Uh, we then come back from commercial. We get a another nonsensical promo from Malachi Black. I don't even know who he was talking about at this point. This was okay. So this one was kind of good nonsense for me. I enjoyed this one because it was really front loaded with emo stuff. He was like, if you were to slit my throat open and oh yeah, but spread yeah. it wide open and the blood splurted out everywhere and it was guts and stuff and it was real gross and everyone was like, you look at all the blood and stuff. Um, <laughs> That's pretty accurate to what he said, which actually. which yeah. I thought was was kind of awesome. Uh, you know, obviously being emo right up front uh, makes me th- uh, you know think about Julia Hart. So you know maybe a little self aware there, <laughs> but no, this one was like kind of good. It wasn't quite as like wordy and nonsensical as like some of them like get out there. It was like I guess as contained as a Malachi Black promo is gonna get. But who is <laughs> he know? talking about? I don't even know who this promo was against or for. Um fucking uh because you said that like you now you made me forget and I'm gonna sound stupid. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um fucking the guy he was fighting. He was fighting the guy. The guy. Okay, so yeah, the guy. Was, I mean okay here's the next um, question. Does it matter? <laughs> Someone's, someone's got to tweet us and tell us who Malachi Black was talking about. Yeah, who, um, who can, is this promo against? Uh, tweet us at BGTD Podcast. Who was Malachi Black talking about? Right or wrong answers. We'll accept both. <laughs> Our fourth match of the evening. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager. Okay, I will admit, I really like the opening intro for five weeks. The, <laughs> the standard in sports center. I laughed at that. Daddy Magic Matt Menard is really doing stuff here. He's very funny. Uh, now, there was some controversy in this household because my entire family had gathered with me during this match to uh, so we can consume some uh, an, an ice cream pie that was counts as my birthday cake. Be real. Your whole family is Jericho-holics. They were all gathering no, around no, for the no, gift no, no. because the greatest birthday gift of all is, in fact, the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. So, uh... Eddie Kingston's shirt accidentally caused some controversy because... Oh, did it? I tweeted about this because I knew people would do this. Yeah, it it caused some controversy, some brief controversy because they they were convinced it said Trump. And then like when we finally got a close-up of it, it said thump. And I had to explain, which was great because I got to explain the junkyard dog, too. Yeah, were you sitting sitting behind them being like... (laughs) No, 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 because we all realized it at once and we were like... Oh, and then I said, oh, that's why. (laughs) So I had just as recently as last year, um, uh, uh, our friend of the show, Harry Mack, and I did a few of those fake fight, real fight episodes. We covered WrestleMania one. So that had uh, that gear, that junkyard dog gear was kind of fresh in my mind. So as soon as I saw walk out the shirt, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that JYD shit. I love this. And then it hit me and I was like, ooh, I bet you a couple people are gonna misread this one and then i started thinking about like wrestling fans like a lot of the new fans that is aew's audience right like aew has attracted like a pretty good chunk of fans who started watching wrestling over the last couple of years or only with aew right they have no they don't have any clue and so you did hear excalibur like go out of his way to mention a few times 
that it was a junkyard dog reference. Yeah, he was well, I mean, it, just to no, make sure no one fucked up. Right. But I did. I, I I caught a couple of retweets of some people that fucked it up. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle, yeah. you'll see a couple of people uh, work themselves into a shoot over the shirt. But yeah, no, I, no, but it was awesome because I got to explain the junkyard dog and I got to explain the importance of JYD to wrestling in general. And we love talking about junkyard. I dog. love That's the junkyard. Dog. I, I, I was a kid. I love them. And you know what? I'm a 49 year old man today. And I still fucking love me. He's a so, I still love Sylvester Ritter. My friends look WrestleMania one overall, not like a really great show, but JYD was awesome. Uh, JYD was awesome. And you know what? If, if, if that gets you into JYD hunt down his mid South footage, cause my God, he, he was a massively, beloved over baby face in, oh, yeah, in mid-south god i love i love jyd listeners uh, anyway, go watch some jyd anyway daniel garcia does get the win over eddie kingston and we get the post-match beat down and yeah and that that's that it's a year not a fan i will say it's one sports thing. entertainment i mean you know I, it's sports entertainment well, i'm glad we have it i'm glad it's here i'm glad it's on this show because it makes people mad and you need things to make people mad Something I love about the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the inner circle is that they are like opposite sides of like the like the yin and yang of like groups of dudes you do blow with. Like they're just two very distinct different types of groups of dudes you do blow with. And I, I really appreciate those like very like they're they're very different energies, but to the same end. You know, you know, I'm liking the fact is that you know we're gonna eventually get the the inevitable feud between the sports entertainers of the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Oh yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Daddy Magic and uh, 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 what's the other guy going by now? I don't the the guy know. that didn't have shoes, Angelo Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, those guys getting beat up by Mox and Danielson sounds like a lot of fun. And Wheeler, don't forget Wheeler. No, Wheeler could fight Jericho. Give me Jericho and Yuta. Okay, cool. Give me Jericho, Yuta. Let's do it. Uh, we then go backstage for uh, MJF with Sean Spears and Smart Mark Sterling, and they have hired the Butcher to beat up uh, Wardlow next week. Very nice. Wardlow Butcher next week is uh, <laughs> really exciting. That, that's going to be another one of those, uh, what do you call it, the big, meaty men? Big, sla- meaty men slapping meat. Shout out, Biggie. There we go. How's he doing? Uh, good. He broke a couple of bones in his neck and uh, is expected to make a full recovery. Yeah. Uh, oh, on that note, something we haven't brought up yet. Uh, all, all, all thoughts, prayers, hopes, oh, et cetera, God. for Shinjiro Otani. Ooh, really God rough. damn. Really that rough. was not fun to wake up to on Sunday, let me tell you. Really, that, that kind of ruined man. my day, <laughs> folks. Wrestling's dangerous, turns out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know the fact is, is that Otani's forty nine, and he he ain't getting any younger. And Taz um had some stuff to say about it. He was not pleased with just the idea of taking a buckle suplex in the first place, and uh, spoke out right away against yeah, buckle yeah. suplex. My uh, yeah, uh, actually the guy who uh hit me to this cuz I mean and this dude texted me at like 6:30 in the morning to let me know about uh Shinjiro Otani. Uh shout out to your friend and mine Lawrence O'Brien. Yeah, he was saying the same thing uh that he, he doesn't want, you know, the, the the buckle suplex or the buckle bomb. He thinks It that, seems like high risk low reward. Yeah, I think so. I mean yeah, I mean, now it, it's 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 slightly different in New Japan because they have the full pad, like they have a full pad in their turnbuckles. It's not just the individual things, but even still, right. it's still dicey. And you but know, New still. Japan has had you know injuries like that too. You know, like Tamaki Hanma and Manabu Nakanishi, who both recovered, but then you also have you know Hayabusa. Yeah, just you're and, you're and, making and the Yoshihiro point of Takeyama, impact, you know. You're you're really like making the neck the point of impact, or the neck being the potential point of impact. Like the the margin of error is just too low, and it just doesn't seem like it's worth it, man. Yeah. So anyway, we, uh, again, wrestling's dangerous. Yeah, people are going to do all kinds of absolutely insane higher, and people are going to do things far more dangerous than what this move was and what it ended up leading to. Just this this kind of stuff like will happen when these type of dangerous activities. 
Yeah. We have there is a there is a dog standing right next to me. Uh, so hey, oh see now now dogs can so do podcasts. Some, huh? So if there's some barking, yeah, dogs can do podcasts now. Apparently, dogs have decided they can podcast. That's right. So if Molly the dog barks right into the mic, I apologize. We then have our fifth match of the evening, the debut of uh, Marina Schaffer, who was very impressive. Shafir. Shafir, sorry, my bad. I, I did, uh, it's my chicken Moldovan's scratch. coming for your neck. It, it is my chicken scratch that was at fault for this one. Uh, versus, and she did impress at Bloodsport, by the way, uh, versus uh, Sky Blue. And uh, this was, unfortunately, basically a squash on Chicago's own Sky also, Blue. Also, this just was not good. It wasn't a good match. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, Let's this, be real about it. It was bad. Yeah, it was. Suck. It was not great. Even as a, squash, it was not good. Was not great. Here's the thing. Like Marina and Marina was pretty fine at Bloodsport, but like I never really thought Marina was that great. People were like getting excited about Marina, like taking on Jade. I have not really. I don't. I don't see it. I'm, it's fine. It's another dub for Jade. That's great. Um, she's got you know the. The MMA background and the knowing Josh Barnett and the being the four horsewomen. I think it's a good notch on Jade's belt, but realistically, her as like a real challenger to Jade, get the fuck out of here. Speaking Especially of, after that match. Like, get out of here with that. Speaking of Jade, that outfit. <laughs> ma'am. Oh, ma'am. Ma'am. Also, just the super, super icy watch and the chain. I really love that she plays fully into like having a way more money than any wrestler is ever going to make like it's just not even like close at all <laughs> she's like on a different level of wealth that but like literally like the highest paid wrestlers who's the highest paid wrestler ever it's is it brock lesnar like just from wrestling i don't know i, I couldn't like be, she i make, couldn't begin to tell you she she's got like the rock money like she doesn't like she's got real money yeah so like the fact like like there like there is not a single wrestler that's like buying the kind of watches that Jade's got, and I, I love that she leans into that. Anyway, yeah, uh, Shafir gets the win, and uh, moving on, we go backstage and we try to get more words from Hook, but then uh, Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese show up and annoy everybody. And big night for Mark Sterling. And uh, yeah, and then Hook throws a medicine ball at Danhausen. Fitnesshausen. He was in his little. He has a little like bicycle outfit sort of deal on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was cute. And then we get a backstage promo from the Men of the Year and Dan Lambert, and I really just do not give a fuck. I uh, see. This. I'm gonna go the. I'm gonna push completely the opposite way on you. I thought this was really good. I love that Dan Lambert wears the belt still. I think it's just a really great touch, and it gives me like a little just sort of uh, snicker sort of each time I like he comes on camera and he's wearing that TNT title. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking dickhead. That's fun. Scorpio sky is money. Scorpio sky is money. Scorpio sky is money. I got to say that a few times. Scorpio sky is money. You know, it's good. It, I mean, it, it's good material. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, it, it's okay. one of those things, you know? I mean, I don't necessarily care about this storyline because I'm ready for them to move on from Sammy Guevara. Like, I don't, I'd like to see the men of the year do something else with someone else. Uh, and that's kind of where it resides for me. But Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Dan Lambert, really good trio. I think all of this is working. I think they're firing on all cylinders sort of as a unit right now. And Scorpio as TNT champion, uh, this was the first promo that really started working for me. I'm a Scorp fan. I've said a lot of really good things about Scorpio Sky since we've done this podcast, Jeff. Uh, but, yeah, he's really starting to work for me. Our sixth match of the evening. By the way, this is a seven-match show. This is like the most we've ever had. This was a fucking loaded event. Well, and the icing showed it. It was very little room for bullshit. Like there was, they were, they went into stuff. I mean, some stuff wasn't good, but they, you know, were doing it. (laughs) Well, you know, they had to. uh, You know, I I think they probably just had to make up for the fact of all the cancellations and shit. For yeah, it's it's been a a big point of that. Like, there's been a lot of canceled shows, and like this like run of hot dynamites has been like makeup shows from COVID. So yeah, they do seem to be going extra hard, but I mean, the New Orleans is a great crowd. You know, people get really lit over there. Uh, the UNO Lakefront arena is a really fun place to watch a wrestling show. So great, great time to do it. There we go. And uh, we get our sixth match of the evening. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. That was a massive fucking pop for Ricky Starks. Oh yeah, hometown boy coming back. You know he was de- and they, they talked about it. 
he and his family displaced by Katrina. So this is like a real homecoming of sorts for him. Oh, yeah. And getting to wrestle in front of this crowd. I th- I'm sure a great moment for Ricky personally. Awesome the reception he got from the crowd. And on a show that featured Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki and CM Punk and Penta Oscuro and a tag title match that really over-delivered and all the other elements this show had, um, I did not expect this to be my match of the night but spoilers jeff this is my match of the night holy hell what a piece of tag team wrestling this was fantastic and you know what that strickland doing that backflip off of keith lee's chest not (laughs) his shoulders his chest Oh it was my. like a much more professional version of uh, like when Seth Rollins did it off that big fat guy at an indie show when he was like 19 or 20. You remember that one? Like Actually, Tyler no, Black I don't because I, you there's know like I, a, I, I, I completely missed Tyler Black. So, okay. There's like this old clip of Tyler Black at an indie show and he like runs up off this big, huge guy's chest and moonsaults off of him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's similar energy. Except like, this like, is like doing the Bruce Lee thing or, or, or law from Tekken, just running up him and. Yeah, he like yeah. kind of wall walked this man. It was pretty sweet, but um, yeah, this match was so good. Swerve is so fucking good, Jeff. You know, we that, talked about Swerve like oh. we became free agent, like they have to get him, and this they is got why, him. right? They got him, and then you have Keith Lee, and you're like, how do you let these people go if you have them? Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm I've I've said this before, but like Keith Lee's off-screen personality sort of turns me off to Keith Lee once in a while. I'm like, this guy is just such a dork. He's so corny, blah, blah, blah. And then the bell rings, and it just doesn't matter anymore. And then he's... Because he, he's he's a, he's incredible in the ring. He really is. Like you know what? It, it, that they, uh, the, the rope walk that Ricky Starks did was, like, one of the best ones I've seen since, like, Jinsei Shinzaki. You know? That man is balanced and coordinated. My God, that was, this, and that's like a guy. That's the thing with Ricky. Like his, a lot of his offense, like really is off of his like balance and like master of his own body, right? Like he's really good at like that kind of stuff and like staying on, on target with things. That's why like it makes a, a good team with Hobbs because Hobbs is good at just being the strong, strong, strong boy. Yeah, um, yeah. And there were there were a lot of strong, strong, strong boys in this one. Uh, Taz does fuck over Keith Lee and uh, Hobbs gets just with that little. And I, I kind of like that it didn't get off clean, right? Like he kind of just got him like a, a little bit of a leg snag. He didn't yeah. like fully pull him or like drop him flat or pull him out. He got just enough to slip him up, and then Hobbs gets that massive spine buster off. Yeah. Oh boy, see that ring shake? That was yeah. sick. There were there were a few ring shake moments in this match so this match was fucking awesome dude no, i, I love like, this yeah i thought what this a really good wrestling match um I, I i like this match a lot i i really did uh so yeah team taz does get the win over uh keith lee and swerve strickland and then we get uh we get a preview for what's coming up uh this weekend on aew including- there's so much happening yeah, of which I'm going to miss Battle of the Belts because I'll be in Villa Park for. Uh, uh-huh. for oh yeah, you'll be at MJPW, right? I MB will. City Riot. Yeah, my 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 first wrestling show since AEW Revolution 2020. That's quite a show to go back to. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I I love the announcement though that we got for Battle of the Belts. Dalton Castle making his AEW TV debut. Are you a Dalton Castle guy? I am a Dalton Castle guy. Interesting. Uh, so um, over in uh, our uh, buddy, my wrestling brain colleague, uh, Josh Studio J0's Patreon, his Discord kind of split on Dalton Castle. Uh, and I was hearing a lot of different opinions on Dalton Castle, so I was excited to hear yours. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a, uh, no, I am a, I've always been a big fan. I, I You know, it, it's funny, though, because I was first introduced to Dalton Castle when he was uh, – smooth sailing ashley remington in shikara it was like weeks such a had, funny name yeah it was it was fun so i met dalton at a uh, at a ring of honor event in indy it was like weeks after a shikara event in indy and i took a pic of of uh of the of uh ashley remington i saw dalton and then by then i had realized that wait this is the same guy so i i showed him a pic this is the same guy so i i showed him a pic of the ashley remington pic i took he goes legally we're not allowed to talk about this <laughs> not so, good for dalton good for gresh getting on aw tv defending oh, yeah. that ring of- oh. oh yeah 
No, no, no. No, Battle of the Belts has shaped up a little bit now. There's a little bit more going on there. Rampage is going to be a real hot show with that Texas Deathmatch main yeah, event. Yeah, that pisses me off, though. I may not even be home when it starts because of the, the early start time. I, I may not even be home. Is that one starting early? Yeah, it starts at 6 p.m. Chicago time, brother. Oh, what the fuck? I didn't even notice that. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, they, they only said it 20 times. It's a special time. So I literally was not paying attention. Eastern, Holy shit. 6 p.m. Okay. Chicago time. So I may not even be home from work by then. So. Well, DVR is on. Get your TiVo ready. There we go. Uh, we then go backstage for Thunder Rosa and uh, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. The, and we get Cake Face. Nyla's so funny, dude. Nala's great. I, I, have, you been follow, have you been following her tweets to uh, Kid Bandit? Yeah, she uh, um, has some sort of rapport with Kid Bandit. It yes, seems, I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Kid Bandit. <laughs> Shout out Kid Bandit. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't I, support the troops, but I do support Kid Bandit. Indeed, uh, a- as well you should. Uh, we then go. <laughs> so yeah, that match is going to be happening, and then we get. Speaking uh, of which, uh, Nyla just tweeted, "Not what I meant when I said I wanted to get caked up in New Orleans." Well, <laughs> well, see, so yeah, and she also said, I love cake and violence. Uh, great stuff there. Good. Yeah. I, I, anytime that Nyla does something funny like this, I'm OK with it. And then we get uh, a video promo for Adam Page versus Adam Cole on Friday on the special Rampage. Texas death match. Yeah. Our seventh, our, our, our blockbuster seventh match of the evening. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. Your ring announcer, Bobby Cruz. So that was cool. I like that. Yeah, back again. Um, my God, that chop battle made me weep tears chops. of joy. Just chops. Just we chops. Could just, I mean, we like. I'd love to give you like a really in-depth review of the story of this, and the blow-by-blow, and all the different things and blah. It was just two guys hitting each other a lot. Beating the, beating the fuck out of two each dudes. Other. It was two dudes just hitting each other like a whole bunch and everybody going, <laughs> this fucking rules. Oh, yeah. You could like feel like like there wasn't cheering. It wasn't like screaming. Like and you could just I could feel the energy of everybody at home on their TVs just being little gremlins. This really was like a sicko's window meme of a match. Just everybody <laughs> at the window going, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 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 Oh my God! You, 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 do you think they talked backstage before the match and he goes, "Oh, so you lost to Kobashi too, huh?" <laughs> oh. oh my God! And speaking of the Kobashi match, Joe's ch- Joe was getting purple. Woo. Joe was a uh, a red red man. Oh, he was purple <laughs> in spots, my my friend. Uh boy, the, the there only, are going to be some hematomas the, happening. The only real criticism I have is fuck picture in picture. That we, I I I want to do experience all of this match. There was one him. picture in picture, wasn't there? Yes, there was. Okay, yeah, that's unfortunate, but but uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, it, I, I I love this match. This is my match of the night, and, and it was always destined to be. It but, was. Um, it, it really delivered on the promises of what we wanted. I think as fans, we expected a certain type of match experience and Joe and Suzuki obviously knew what the fans were looking for out of it. And when a hundred percent delivered that, uh, this match itself was fucking awesome. Oh, now yes, let's get to the next part. But unfortunately, well, hang on. So Samoa Joe does get the win with a Kaniku buster on Suzuki. So uh, Samoa Joe is now Tony Khan's second Ring of Honor television and new and now no title match between Suzuki and Ishii in Villa Park. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, that is a bit of a bummer, but still fun. A major bummer was the fact that Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt showed up. Okay, as much as I don't like Jay Lethal, the middle finger in the in the box gimmick, I did get a little. That that was kind of cute. I was like, the way, like, he did a really good job selling the middle finger, and the way he, like, popped it out, I was like, eh, okay, that's just fun to do to somebody. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I imagine myself doing it to someone else and went, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, we then get the lights out, and uh, a... Who is it? Oh, my God. Jeff. Jeff, could it be Claudio? Could it be Claudio? Could it be fucking... Um, uh, could it be any of these big stars coming over from Ring of Honor? Some... Uh, uh, there's some legends that are out there still. Uh, the Forbidden Door is open. Jeff, could Jay White be returning? Could it could be any number 
of of stars and legends, Jeff. No, it was a the largest man who's ever appeared <laughs> appears. <laughs> Have another drink. Shout out Days of Thunder. A large man, the largest man appears. The largest man appears. Satnam Singh, I have absolutely no clue who Satnam Singh is. I remember when they signed him because they made a thing out of it. And I was like, oh, shit, big giant man. This AEW needs big giant man. So, like, I'm excited to see this guy, you know, show up at some point. Very cool. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking in this here. Like, what? How were they ever going to do this without disappointing people? In this, like after this match, and how did they not like? It feels like a pretty massive blind spot that AEW normally doesn't have. And uh, I'm sorry to put the Bruce Pritchard voice on here, but who booked this shit? Yeah, that you know, yeah, it kind of put a damper. And you know what? the The other thing is, is that Suzuki was also getting a a a standing ovation, pretty much. For his efforts and the, the, the problem with it isn't it. even the ma- the segment itself or the execution of it or anything. It's just slot. It was timing. If this is done in the middle point of the show, it probably is fine and actually exciting and probably gets people kind of amped up for what's going on. But for it to like be your crowning moment on a show that delivered as much as it had already delivered, there was just no way it was going to get a positive reaction in any way. And even in like the, they weren't even getting the negative reaction they want to get. They're just disappointing people. Yeah. And it sucks. It It sucks for Satnam Singh because this guy is like this big, huge guy who probably could be awesome and now has to dig himself out of this hole. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although obviously a little bit easier for him to dig himself out of holes. He's very, very large. Indeed. And with that, we, and the special New Orleans edition of AEW Dynamite. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me standing on top of Satnam Singh's shoulders, just yelling my tweets out. Um, L- just like li- stand- literally standing on the shoulders of giants, huh? Yes, I'm going to stand on his shoulders and I'm just going to yell. Anytime I get an idea for a tweet, I'm just going to yell it from his shoulders and hope people hear me. That's how I do Twitter now. No, you can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle, Twitch at twitch.tv slash thick flare, and of course, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain every Monday, noon Eastern, wrestling brain first contact. It's my Twitch talk show about wrestling on Mondays. Get in chat and talk to me about wrestling on Mondays. And then follow this podcast, BGTD Podcast, on Twitter. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter or my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Yes, the great merge will happen. By May 1st. This is a promise I made myself because I'm tired of talking about it. So, (laughs) and also go to fanbyte.com, read my latest story, and read many other latest stories too from other fine folk over at fanbyte.com. Paul, any last words? 420 legalize it. Don't criticize it. Man, now I want to, now I want to put Peter Tosh on. I mean, it's fucking legal for legal you, man. Peter Tosh is legal. Peter Tosh is legal in Illinois. <laughs> Don't criticize it. Spoken <laughs> on that Bob Marley, listening to Pete Tosh in the words of the philosopher Little Weezy. There we go. <laughs> the F is for fucking bait. <gasps> Happy birthday to me. We'll see you. Happy birthday to Jeff. Next week. <laughs> <laughs>